0: There, welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. God's perspective on your giving. God's perspective on your giving or God's perspective on giving. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor God's perspective on giving. I heard a story about a groom who approached his pastor during the wedding rehearsal with an unusual offer. He told the pastor he will give him 10,000 shillings if he will change the wedding vows. This is what he told the pastor. He told the pastor, Pastor, when you get to that part where I'm supposed to promise to love, honor, obey and be faithful to my wife forever, I'll appreciate if you just leave that part out. And so he gave the pastor the 10,000 shillings and walked away satisfied, knowing that the pastor will do exactly what he had requested. On the day of the wedding, when it came time for the groom's vows, the pastor looked at him. And say it, will you promise to prostrate yourself before her, obey her, and and obey her every command and wish, serve her breakfast in bed every morning of your life, and swear eternally before God and your lovely wife that you will never, ever even look at another woman as long as you both shall live the groom gulped and looked around and looked at the pastor. And because everybody was waiting for his response, he said in a very tiny voice, Yes. And then he leaned towards the pastor and hissed, I thought we had a deal. Then the pastor reached into his pocket and gave him back the 10,000 shillings. And then he whispered and told him, your wife gave me a better offer. (laughs) The moral of this story is money talks. Tell your neighbor money talks. But there are people, despite money talking, there are people who say, if money talks, All it ever says to me is goodbye. In other words, it's like they don't attract money in their lives. I'm I'm certain today that there are people even in this room who will echo these words that money has a way of saying goodbye to them. Money doesn't come their direction. They don't seem to attract it in their lives. They work so hard, they are smart, they are educated, I mean, there are many things that they have put in place which they feel should be able to attract money in their lives. They are still poor, they are still struggling to make ends meet, and things are very tight in their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, there are many reasons why people don't attract money in their lives. And one of them, I believe very strongly, is the failure to understand God's perspective on giving many people don't really understand what god thinks about giving what god thinks about their money what god thinks about their resources god is very very serious about your giving god you know keeps his eyes on your giving and god has a perspective that we need to gain as his children about giving for us to see money coming into our lives. I want to submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that God has already put systems and structures or even principles in place for you to attract wealth. God has already established systems and structures here on earth for you to be able to make money. God has already established principles in his word because he doesn't want you to, uh, to live in poverty. He doesn't want money to tell you goodbye. He wants money to come your way, to come into your life. He wants you to be a man who commands finances. And so he has put principles in place to make you prosper. What are some of the things that God has put in place for us to prosper? For example... His thoughts or his plans, you know, over our lives is for us to prosper. God wants you and I to prosper. And so all the time he's thinking about our prosperity. All the time, I mean, his thoughts about us is about prosperity. When God looks at you, he's just thinking of how he can make you prosper and he can make you do well. When God looks at you as his child, he's thinking of how he can open doors for you. He's thinking of how he can, you know, unleash a promotion in your life so that you may be able to make money. The Bible says Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 from the NIV translation of the Bible, the Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So you can see that God has good plans for us. The way he thinks about you is not the way the devil thinks about you. The devil wants you to be destroyed. The devil wants you, you know, to be killed. The devil wants your destiny to be frustrated. But our God is different. When he thinks about us, he's uh, he's thinking of how he can prosper us. He's thinking of how he can elevate us. He's thinking of how he can make our lives better. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to see Honorable Susan. Karibu sana. Let's appreciate her. And Miss Tamburu, it's great to see you. Karibu nisana. All right. Now, number two, God has granted us power. Somebody say power. Power. Say again, power. God has granted us power to make wealth. He has given you the ability, all that it takes for you to be able to make wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, the Bible says, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he ...that gives you power. Somebody shout power. power. Is that a shout? I can't hear you. Power. He it is the, he's the one who gives you power... ...to be able to make wealth. So inside of us... ...there is inherent power... ...to make us prosper... ...in all our endeavors. That's why, you know, when it comes to God... ...it doesn't matter what you are doing. Because the Bible says that in every labor... ...there is profit... No matter where you are, no matter where you start from, no matter your level in life, if the power of God is at work in your life, you will still prosper. You will still make it. You will still do well. Can I hear an amen in this house? And so it doesn't matter what you are selling. It doesn't matter where you are at. I want you to know that when this power that we are talking about here is at work in your life, you will still prosper. That's why the Bible says, though your beginning might be small, but your later end shall be greater. You are not defined by your current level. You are defined by the power of God that is at work within you. And though you might be small today, tomorrow I'm telling you you'll be greater. In the future you'll be greater. I see you in the future. You look so much better than you look today. Somebody shout amen in this house. Give somebody a high five and tell them this is not my destiny. This is not where I'm going to end up with. God has a greater destiny for me. Can I hear louder amen? Number three. Another structure that God has put in place for us to make wealth is he has uniquely, you know, endowed us. Each and every one of us, God has endowed us uniquely. In other words, he has put gifts and talents within us. God has gifted each and every one of us in a very unique way. You have a gift that is meant to make you succeed. There is a potential inside of you. There is an ability that God has invested inside of you to make you prosper. There is nobody who comes here on earth as an empty vessel. Each and every one of us, we carry something inside of us that God has deposited. When you are knitted in your mother's womb, there is something that God put inside of you. And that particular thing, it is meant to make you prosper. Can I hear an Amen. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 8, from the King James Version, the Bible says, A gift is as precious, is, a, is a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. Withsoever it turns, it prosper. A gift inside of you is like a precious stone. Everywhere you turn it, it will prosper. If you go with that gift to the village, you will prosper. If you go with that gift to another county, you will prosper. If you move from this company to another company and you engage your gift, it will still prosper. Look at your neighbor and tell them, my gift will prosper regardless of my geographical location. Hallelujah. That tells me you don't have to go to America to prosper. You can make it in Nairobi. You can make it in Kenya. You can make it in Nakuru. You can make it in Eldoret. You can make it in Mombasa. You can make it. Mention your village. Some of you even your village is not in the map. When you search it, when you search it with the Google, the Google gets confused. But let me tell you, wherever you turn your gift, I wish I had a witness in this house. Wherever you turn your gift, it will prosper in the name of Jesus. I start up every gift inside of you. I start up every potential inside of you. May it come forth in the name of Jesus and may it make you prosper in Jesus' name. Shout yes in this house. Can we go deeper? Number number four another structure that god has put inside of us is he has given us the gift of wealth it is there's a gift of wealth and the gift of riches his gift to us is wealth and riches look god does not want you to be poor it is a lie it's a lie that god wants you as a child of god to be poor it's a lie from the devil you might start poor But you should never die poor. Talk to me, somebody. Because sometimes you don't choose where you are born. You don't choose your parents. You don't choose the circumstances that surround your upbringing. But look, you don't have to die poor. Look at your neighbor and tell them, refuse to die poor. In fact, speak to yourself and say, I refuse to die poor. I don't think you're mad enough. I wish you were radical like me. I refuse to die poor. Yes, you, 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 have to, you have to understand that God's gift to us is wealth and riches. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 19. The Bible says, As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, he receives his heritage and rejoices in his labor. This is The gift of God. So God's gift to you is wealth and riches. I wish you can lift your hands and receive the gift of wealth. The gift of riches. Some of you, the way you are receiving is like God will think twice. Receive the gift of wealth. Receive the gift of riches. As you are saying that even now the demons of poverty... Are living your lineage, they are living your family, they are living your bloodline. Receive the gift of wealth, receive the gift of riches. Somebody shout, I receive it. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, watch this space. Things are shifting in my life. I have a feeling that God is releasing gifts. have a feeling that in this service God is releasing gifts of wealth and riches upon his people in the name of Jesus from this day your life will change from this day your family will change from this day your finances will change shout a louder amen can we give him a crazy shout and praise in this house We are still talking. And so you can see that the structure is in place. The structure for you to make it is in place. And it has nothing to do with your skin color. It has nothing to do with your tribe. It has everything to do with knowing who you are in God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And knowing what God has already established for you to be able to make it. Look at a neighbor and tell them, I'll make it. I'll make it. Whatever you want to do, may you make it. Whatever you want to apprehend, may you receive it. Wherever you want to reach, may you reach in the name of Jesus. Whatever you want to acquire, may you acquire in the name of Jesus. Acquire houses. Acquire lands. Acquire whatever you desire for your family and for your life. May you apprehend it in the name of Jesus. I push you into it this morning. I accelerate you into it this morning. I raise you to that level you desire this morning. Shout a louder yes in this hour. Give somebody a high five and tell them the system is already in place. My goodness, I feel like preaching. Are you ready for me this morning? The system is already in place. The structure is already in place. The goodwill is already in place. The blessing is already in place. The favor is already in place. Ah, yes, it's already, it's already in place for you. Sit down, sit down. Let's keep on going. And so because God knows he has put all these systems and structures in place for you to make it he is very keen to see how you release what he has given unto you he is very he's very intentional about what you have received because he knows you will receive it he knows you will have it and so he's very keen to see as you receive it how are you releasing it and that's why we want to look at his perspective on giving you see in mark chapter 12 In verse 41, the Bible says Jesus was in the temple, and he sat opposite the treasury and observed how people were giving. Can you imagine that Jesus went to church, and then he stood next to the offering basket, and he was just watching how people, you know, were bringing their offerings. And you know, Jesus knew everybody the way a pastor knows his members. And I was just thinking maybe we should change how we receive offerings so that I can be standing next to the offering basket. I see how you are dropping the offering and then I look at you, then I look at the offering, hey! Then I just say, Lord have mercy. Because God is very keen on how we give. Because he knows the blessings that he has given unto us. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you can see that Jesus was there and he was observing how people were giving. Read the story and see how he reacted to their giving. God is very, very interested on how we give, you know, unto him. And today we want to look at God's perspective on giving. I'm going to give you three points and then I'll be out of your way. How does God view our giving? Number one, God cares about what you give god really really cares about what you give you see god is a supreme being and he deserves our worship he deserves all honor and therefore when we appear before him we should bring him offerings to worship and even to honor him and we should bring offerings that he deserves we should bring him gifts that he deserves because he is a supreme being he is God he's the creator of the universe he is the giver of life he's the one who has even blessed you with the blessings that you have because he has already put systems into place for you to be able to attract wealth he has given you that job he has given you that breakthrough he has granted you that favor and so we must always learn to worship and to honor him in a, in, in, in a good way when we appear before his presence. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So what we bring, ladies and gentlemen, must be a reflection of the honor we have for him. What we bring must be a reflection of the worship we have towards our God. I want to show you something in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. The Bible says that a son honors his father. When a son wants to honor his father, he's very careful on the kind of gift that he gives unto his father. You know, um, when my father was alive, you know, I was very careful what I gave him. Because he's my father. He was not just any other person on the face of the earth. I was very careful the kind of gift, you know, I gave him. The same way I'm very careful what I give unto my mother. My mother, you know, is still alive and she's growing strong. And I pray that God, give her, God will give her long life. Hallelujah. Amen, and I pray for myself that I may also live for long. (laughs) You don't want me to live for long. What's your plan? (laughs) So a son honors the father, and the scripture continues to say, and a servant, his master. If then I am the father, now God is speaking, he says, if then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? All right? And then the Bible continues to say, says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name. You offer defiled food on the altar. Now, God is, 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 is changing the subject and is directing the message to himself. And He say, look, I am your father. You know, I'm your father. And yet you guys, when you come to me, you despise my name. And then the people ask, "In what way have we despised your name?" Then God says, "You offer defiled food on my altar, but say in what way we have defiled you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible?" And when you offer the blind, now he tells them what they offer, when you offer the blind, somebody say the blind, as a sacrifice. Is it not evil? And when you offer the lame, somebody say the lame, and sick, somebody say sick. Is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. And in the house we have the future governor of, the next governor of Nakuru. He <laughs> says, offer to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? Will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. You can see here that God is saying, look, if I am your father, then you should be able to honor me. Don't bring me animals that are blind. Don't bring me animals that are sick. Don't bring me animals that are lame. Because I am your father, then your offering, your gift, should reflect the honor you hold for me as your father. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So if a father deserves honor, if a master deserves reverence, then our God, deserves honor as well because he cares about what we bring before him so we should never bring to god that which is sick we should never bring to god that which is blind we should never bring to god that which is lame in other words we should never bring to god things that even us we despise because anything that is blind it means you despise it that's why you're bringing it to god it doesn't cost you anything anything that is sick is almost dying anyway let me just take it to god Anything that is lame, it cannot function. If it is a bull, it cannot work. So let me just take it to God. You should not give God what you despise in your eyes. Because when you give God what you despise, it shows that you have despised him. It shows that you don't really honor him. You don't really hold him in esteem. So honor and reverence must be reflected uh, by the sacrifices that we bring before otherwise God will say that we have despised him. God cares so much about what we give because our reverence for his name determines the quality of our sacrifice. Our reverence for the name of Jesus determines the quality of our sacrifice. Touch your neighbor one more time and tell them God cares about what you bring to him. Genesis chapter 4 verse 3 to 5 the bible says that in the process of time you know Abel and Cain brought an offering to God and Abel you see brought something that provoked God to react to his offering look at verse 3 to 4 the bible says that Abel in the process of time it came and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord that is Cain he just brought a fruit to the Lord all right and then Abel also brought Of the firstborn, look at that, of his flock, and of their fat. He brought the firstborn, and then he brought also the fat that was together with the firstborn. And the Lord, look at God's reaction, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. How about Cain, verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. The reason why God could not respect Cain's offering is because his offering did not reflect the reverence and the honor he has for God. Abel's offering was accepted because it reflected the honor and the reverence that he has for God. So when we bring our offerings, I want you to understand that God looks at what we give and he cares about what you give. And you have to be careful what you bring before God. If you despise it, God will not like it. If you despise it, God will not be happy with it. If you despise it, God will not release a blessing in your life. Can I hear an amen? You see, I made a decision a long time ago. Before coronavirus came, you know, we were giving a lot of cash. You remember those days? Before we were doing everything virtual, pay bill and stuff like that, we were bringing cash into the house of God. You remember those days? Or you don't remember? Do You remember those days? I made a decision. I will never bring to God notes that were old. Because there are people who used to bring very old notes that when the people were counting monies, they have to actually use an iron box to try an iron you know, the notes, before they count them, I decided I will always go to the bank and look for new notes to bring to the Lord. That is how I reverence God. Because I said, I want to bring them new so that when God decides to bless me, he blesses me with quality stuff. Do you get what I'm talking about? Because the Bible says, give, and it will come back to you. Whatever you give will come back to you. If you give shirts, they will come back to you. If you give shoes, they will come back to you. If you give, if you give, uh, if you give uh, old notes, they will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto you. You'll go and buy the change they give you, you look at that note. You almost want to sanctify it before you touch it. Because whatever you sow, the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Amen. So tell your neighbor, God cares about what you give. Secondly, what is God's perspective on our giving? God cares about how you give. God cares about how you give. So how you give also is also very, very important. We don't just come and throw money at God. It's like God is a beggar, so let's go and just throw money at him. You know, you throw anything in that basket... Hoping that God will see it and accept it. He cares about how we give unto him. Now, there are three ways of how we should give our offerings unto God. Number one, we should give cheerfully. Somebody say cheerfully. In other words, there should be joy. You should be happy. Your face should be nice. (laughs) Hallelujah. It should not be a six o'clock face. It should be nice. You should be happy you are giving to God. You should not look like you have, you're, you're, you're chewing bitter lemon. You should be happy when you're giving unto God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7b. The Bible says, For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful Look at your neighbor and tell them, show me some joy. Huh? Are you seeing some joy on your neighbor's face? Hey, my keyboard is, you're too sad. Tell your neighbor one more time, show me some joy. I need to see your teeth. Relax your face a little bit. But many people don't give with joy. They are not cheerful when it comes, you know, uh, to giving. They are sad. They are gloomy. They feel like God is taking their money. They feel like God is robbing them, you know. And, and, And remember on Friday, I was even talking about it. And many people are sad because they don't understand giving from God's point of view. They think that God is taking from them. And that's why, you know, they are sad. They are thinking about unga. Unga is how much right now? 200 and? Eh? 218 shillings. Wow. Then they are thinking about cooking oil. How much is cooking oil? Eh? Father, I prophesy. One of these fine days, all these prices will come down in the name of Jesus. Hey you think I'm not a prophet. I'm a very anointed prophet. I prophesy. It will come down in the name of Jesus. Amen. So sometimes when you're giving you're thinking of the unga. Say hey God is taking my unga." You start counting. If you give a thousand you count how many ungas God has taken from you. Then you become depressed. You think about the oil. You become depressed. But look the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. As you are giving you're happy. As you are giving, you're excited. As you are giving, you're not having heaviness in your heart. That is one of the ways of giving unto the Lord. I hope today you are happy that we are going to give towards the building of God's house. Can I hear some excitement in the house? is happy when you are happy, bringing your offerings, you know, into his, you know, house. Amen. Number two, how should we give? We should give lavishly. We should give lavishly. That's how we give. We give lavishly. Lavishly means marked by profusion or excess. It is in great quantity. In other words, you give and give and give and you don't get tired of giving. Look at how Abel gave the offering. He chose the first bones. In fact, the King James Version uses the word fatlings and the fat thereof. That means he didn't just pick a fruit like Cain. He was generous. He was extravagant. He brought the fastlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. He was extravagant in giving unto God. One of the things I've realized in the church is many Christians succumb to what we call donor fatigue. They give, and then they've reached a place, they say, I think I have given, you know, enough, so I should, you know, stop giving. You should never succumb to donor fatigue because God is giving us so much. Can you imagine if God decides uh, tomorrow, for example, let me give an example. If God, you know, sends a message, you receive a message on your phone that tomorrow uh, there will be no oxygen for three hours on the face of the earth. What will you do? Some of you today, you will store up so much in terms of oxygen so that you can survive the three hours, isn't it? Isn't it true? If God said tomorrow there is no oxygen for three hours, what, what are you going to do? As soon as we finish this service, all of you will go and buy oxygen tanks, isn't it? To have some reserve so that that three hours you can still do what? You can still survive. But look, God is so generous. He has given us oxygen. Since the day you were born, you've been breathing oxygen in and out, and it's not getting finished. Or is it getting finished? Or maybe where you're seated because of your neighbor is so tight, you feel like the oxygen, the air is tight. Oxygen is finished. Do you have oxygen where you're seated? I's there a lot of oxygen where you're seated? Oh, okay, so you're fine, isn't it? Yeah. So God is generous god is so generous he's giving us rain he's giving us sun he's giving us all these blessings and god is never tired of giving unto us he's extravagant and he even gives those who curse him they use the breath that god has given unto them to even curse him but he's still generous so we should emulate god and also give unto him lavishly can i hear an amen so become an extravagant giver. Like this woman who came, you know, in this room where Jesus was and she broke, you know, this very expensive alabaster box and she poured all of it, you know, on Jesus. You know, you know, you know, can I tell you something? I've realized that when you buy, for example, a very expensive cologne. Hallelujah. Can you sniff your neighbor? Do, do you think it's expensive or it's is, is, is cheap? Huh? If, if you buy a very expensive cologne by the way, you don't need to use a lot, a tiny drop can last you two weeks but the cheap ones everywhere after 30 minutes <laughs> ask your neighbor, yours is cheap or expensive because I can't sniff it For this woman, it was so expensive. And instead of just using a drop on Jesus, she poured all of it. All of it. She poured all of it on Jesus. Until the Bible says the entire room was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. God wants us to give unto him lavishly. Can I hear an amen? So sometimes you should go an extra mile. Tell your neighbor, sometimes go an extra mile. Yeah, break the alabaster box just for God, just for Jesus. Just tell him this is for you. I want to express my love to you in an extravagant way and break it at his feet. I'm telling you, it will really move his heart. Hallelujah. Number three, how do we give? We give in purity. We give in purity. This is how we give unto God and God accepts our offering and God is blessed with our offering. We give in purity. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. I want you to read with me Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Please beam it on the screen. Malachi chapter 3. Behold, can we read together? Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming says the lord of hosts verse 2 but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap verse 3 he will sit as a refiner and purifier and a purifier of silver he will purify somebody shall purify I can't hear your shout. Shout again, purify. Purify. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So God says, I'm going to purge the sons of Levi so that when they offer their offering, they offer it in righteousness. So God wants you to offer your offering in righteousness, in purity. Look at verse 4. Give us verse 4. Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. Then, look at that. Then, read with me. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord. As in the days of old. As in former years. So when we offer our offerings in purity. The Bible says that offering will be pleasing to the Lord. Do you know the reason why, you know, we don't get blessed so much in church when we give, you know, is because we don't offer our offering in purity. Have you heard Christians say, I've been tithing, I've been giving, I've been sacrificing, I've been giving my monies to this church for the last five years and it's like nothing is happening in my life. If you check your heart, you will realize that you have been I think you have been giving in defilement. Your heart has not been purged. Because some people think that off, the, 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 the monies they give is a substitute of living a life that is acceptable before God. It is not a substitute. Your offering should flow from a lifestyle of commitment to God. From a life that is committed to God, rather. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so if you give and you're full of bitterness... God does not accept that offering. If you give and you've just slapped your wife Sunday morning, (laughs) and you tell her, if you say it, I'll kill you. God will not accept that offering. Wife, are you here? If you give and you scratched your husband at night when he was asleep, I saw a video. (laughs) You know, some wives cannot beat you when you are awake. They wait until you are asleep. I saw this video of this woman, you know, when they were asleep with their husband. She woke up in the middle of the night and she slapped the husband. And the husband woke up and she told the husband, honey, it is a nightmare. Please go back to sleep. And the husband went back to sleep. (laughs) If If you are like that, then you come and offer your offering. And to the lord the lord will not receive it because that offering has not been offered in right this side you're very quiet are you the ones who do that or what <laughs> have i have i have i exposed your sins or what anything that you do and your life is not right in terms of giving unto god i want you to know that it is not acceptable if you give and you're whining you're complaining you are giving and you are complaining. You say, oh, now we are giving. now," we, And you are complaining. Let me tell you, God does not accept your offering. That's why God said, before the sons of Levi can offer an offering to me, I must purge them. I must clean them. They must walk in purity before they bring the offering unto me. Because God sees your heart even as you're giving. And if that offering does not come from a pure heart, it becomes an abomination before him. So you can see how many times you've been giving your offerings. You are angry. You are full of resentment. You are full of bitterness. You are whining. You are complaining. You are saying, look, we are giving this money. I know where the money is going. This money is going into the pastor's pocket. Pastor is going to take all this money, it is his. God is seeing what you are saying and is hearing what you are saying. He will never bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, if the pastor took all this money, we could not have been here. Are you trying to tell me to take all the money? Are you suggesting something? <laughs> if, if I took all the money, we could not be having a staff here working from Monday. We have people working here Monday to Monday and they are paid salaries. And some of them are married and they have children. If I was taking all the monies, we could not be having all these screens, this land, this land has been paid for. Two and a half acres paid for. That money could have been. Let me tell you, that money on a mipango, eh? But me what is for God is for God Do you understand what I'm talking about We could not have been here We could have been a briefcase ministry I could be doing church online After receiving the monies for buying land, I could have told you, ladies and gentlemen, from today, we are moving our church from the physical uh, location to the virtual location. Meet me on Facebook. (laughs) Or meet me on YouTube. Catch me if you can. So when you give with such things in your heart, bitterness, anger, resentment, let me tell you, God does not receive your offering. The church can receive your offering, but God has not received it. I don't just want to give for the church to receive it. I want to give so that I can have eternal investment in heaven. Because God has received it. And then God releases a blessing upon my life. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, now I see why you are really not progressing the way you should. Matthew chapter 5. I'm about to finish. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23. I want to show you something here. Very powerful. Matthew chapter 5 verse 23. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, therefore, can can you read with me? Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you. Verse 24. Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. Fast. Somebody shout first. First make things right. First do what? Be reconciled to your brother. And then after you are reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Hey, it is serious. Some of you are already seeing your sins as I'm preaching, isn't it? It is very serious. Clear things out. Hmm? Some of you, you came to church with your husband. You're not talking in the car. Because the war started yesterday. You went to the bedroom. Now it is in the car. Then you've brought it in the church. No wonder you're not even seated together. Anyway, don't look at your neighbor. Let's keep on preaching. Huh? The usher said, move here because he knows you are couples. The husband went extreme right. And the wife went extreme left. (laughs) And the wife is not sure if they will use the same car going back home. The Bible says, leave your gift and make things right. Make things right. Look, I'm teaching you very powerful things. These are the things that stop us from being blessed. Because God has a very keen eye on how you give, He's observing how you're giving. So it's not just about dropping money in the offering basket. God is watching. He's standing there next to the offering basket and He's just looking to see. He's looking at your heart, He's looking at your spirit, He's looking at how you live, He's looking at your character, He's looking at your attitude, He's listening to the internal conversations that you are having as you are giving. I wonder many of us are not blessed. That's why you're frustrated. Look at Cain. When he didn't give right, he became frustrated. Why is God accepting Abel and he's not accepting me? How comes we all tithe, but he is blessed, I am not blessed. We all come to church, he is blessed, I am not blessed. We all give offerings, she is blessed, I am not blessed. This is where the difference is. You have not been purged in your heart. And so God cannot receive Your offering. Today I pray for a cleansing. I pray that may your heart be purified. May your soul be purified. I say may your heart be purified. That you may offer an acceptable sacrifice to God. Can I hear an amen? And so ladies and gentlemen, God cares about what you give. Number one. Number two, God cares about how you give. And the last one, number three, God cares about where you give. He cares about where you give. He cares about what you give. He cares about how you give it. And he cares about where you give. You must be very careful where your money goes to. The direction of your monies is a reflection of what you adore. Can I say that again? The direction of your monies is a reflection of what you adore. If you sit down and look at your expenditure, look at how you spend your money, your money is a reflection of what you adore. Your money is a reflection of what you worship. Your money is a reflection of what you are entangled with. If you just break it down, See, I received, you know, 200,000. Then break down and say, okay, this one went here, this one went there, this one, this one, this one, this one When you do that calculation, it will give you the picture of what you do. And that's why you have to be really intentional to tell your money where it should go. How you spend your money? The church is very quiet. What's going on? Okay. I, I, I are you still breathing. All right. So, how you spend your money determines your eternal investment. I want you to understand something. That the monies that you receive, God knows how much you have received. Because God is all-knowing. Do you understand what I'm saying? He is all-knowing. And he wants you not just to spend your money here on earth. He wants you to spend your money in such a way that that money will have eternal investment. That that money will be recorded up there that it was used for a kingdom cause. I I don't know if we are together. You see, the money that you spend, you know, whether it's 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 100,000, it will not just end here. When we make a transition, because soon we shall make a transition maybe 200 years from now, 300 years from now, when we make a transition into eternity, you will realize how powerful the money that you are receiving is because it will be mentioned up there. And you will not see or you will never hear God mentioning anything to do with, oh, your money, we can see that you, you used your money for buying shoes, oh, we can see that you used your money for buying a new suit oh, we can see you used your money you know to do it. God will be saying okay we can see that you used Of, I mean you lived on earth for 50 years but we can see that the only money you spent on what is very close to my heart in your 50 years on earth is 5,000 shillings or 10,000 shillings or a million or 2 million or 3 million or 4 million And then God will do a calculation and say, okay, I give you like maybe, let's say, God will say, I gave you like 20 billion. Receive it in Jesus' name. Take it one, in the name of Jesus. Take it two, in the name of Jesus. Take it three, in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I receive it. But you have received it. Heaven is waiting for you. And God will do a calculation and say, I gave you $20 billion, I gave you $30 billion, I gave you $50 billion. But when we do our calculations, we can see that you never had an eternal investment. Because when you die, anything you have invested here for you, it's over. You can't go with it. You understand what I'm saying? You see, the other day I saw that they brought the remains of another president, uh, I don't know of which country, I don't know if it's Ghana or wherever, um, And the only thing they brought back to the country to be buried was his gold teeth. Patrice Lumba was for Congo. The only thing they brought back in a coffin was his gold teeth. So even the teeth was bought. Because nobody has naturally gold teeth. That's the only thing they brought back. He left everything behind. House everything behind. When you step there, your money should follow you there. Oh, Lord. Help me preach this thing. Okay. I can hear some of you saying, Pastor, give us a scripture. Scripture is coming. Matthew chapter 6. You're telling us things. You're shaking, shaking us here. Give us a scripture. Matthew chapter 6. Stop scaring us, Pastor. Give us a scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Hmm. Are you ready for the scripture? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where even thieves break in and steal, isn't it? You can see that some of the things we have here, you know, they succumb to moth. They are destroyed, isn't it? A moth is like a butterfly which comes and eats up whatever. It's like a funny insect that comes and eats up what you have already, you know, um, what you have already established here. A moth can represent many things. You know, sometimes you can go to go, you can go to your wardrobe and you remove your Sunday best. When you want to wear it, you realize that some rats came and ate your cloth. Isn't it true? Yes. Ate part of it, gone. You know? Or you can you, you you can have something and when you want to use it, you find that it has accumulated rust. Or sometimes you go. I remember one time, you know, uh, something had broken in my in my bedroom. So I brought I brought some carpenters to come and fix it. These two wardrobes, you know. Uh, one day I was pulling one, and then when I pulled it, it came all the way. <laughs> when I tried to retire it, it was impossible. So I called some carpenters there, they came, you know. And because I trusted them, so I mean they were fixing, you know, they were fixing it, and I was not there. Then they left. Several months later, I had a bracelet, a gold bracelet. I wanted to wear it. I looked for it. I looked for it. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. Then I remember, the last time I saw it is before the carpenter came to my bedroom. So, while he was fixing it, he was helping himself. Thieves are everywhere. Some of you think when we talk about thieves, it's somebody who will come and break into your house. Thieves are everywhere. Yeah. Thieves are even in church. That's why you can see that you cannot worship away from your phone. Yeah? Even if you close your eyes, you close your eyes but (laughs) Because you are not sure. We lock our houses. We lock our cars. It's because they are after the treasures that we have laid up here on earth. And that's why Jesus said, you should not just limit your investment. To these things that can be destroyed by the moth, they can be destroyed by rust, and they can be taken away by thieves. Then verse 21. So you wanted a scripture. Here it comes. Jesus said, what should you do? Talk to me, scripture man. For where? No. But lay up for yourselves treasures. Where? Where? In heaven, where neither moth or rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in, and do what? And still, so the church, oh, I love this. The church or the house of God is the platform through which you can have eternal investment. As you are giving for kingdom causes up there in heaven is being recorded. It's like there is a bank, another bank in heaven. It is not the Bank of Africa. It is not the Bank of America. It is not equity. It is not stanchard. But there is another bank in heaven. As you deposit your monies into kingdom causes, as you build churches, as you support missionaries, as you give your tithes and your offerings, there is another accountant in heaven who is very faithful. He's not like Judas Iscariot. He is very faithful to record everything that you do for God. When you get there, you realize that your account is loaded. Ask your neighbor for me. How much do you have in your heavenly bank? How much? That's why God cares about where. Somebody say where. He cares about where. He cares about where. From today, I want you to fall in love with God's house. I want you to be so passionate about God's house. Because God is very passionate about his house. And he cares about where your money goes. Jesus said, lay up treasures. Lay up treasures in heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Our last scripture. And then we pray. Deuteronomy chapter 12. Are you getting something? Are you getting blessed? The way I'm getting blessed? I enjoy my preaching. I think I'm one of the best preachers in this world. I really enjoy my preaching. <laughs> I love even listening to myself. Sometimes I listen to myself and go, wow. I say, wow, what a preacher. Did you say that? I rewind again. I say, oh my goodness. Deuteronomy chapter 12 from verse 10. Verse 10. Can we read together? But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies round about, so that you dwell in safety, verse 11, then there will be the place, somebody shout the place, shout again the place, where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that this is the place that God has chosen ...for his name to abide. I I, I thought I'd get a, a better amen. I say this is the place... ...where you are stepping. Can you just tap the ground a little bit for me? Where you are stepping? Are you tapping the ground? This is the place that God has chosen... ...where his name will abide forever. And I want you to understand that we are not paying rent here. This place is owned by the church... It is the place that God has ordained, where his name will abide forever. A church will be here forever. Preaching will take place here forever. I wish I heard a louder amen in this house. This is the place that God has chosen, where his name will abide forever. Then what does he say? There, there, in that place. Which place? The place that God has chosen for his name to abide forever. There. Are you reading with me? You shall bring all that I command you. Your burnt offerings. Your sacrifices. Your, talk to me. Your, uh, heave offerings of your hand. And all, not some, and all your choice offerings. Because there are many different types of offerings. Thanksgiving offering, evening sacrifice, uh, seeds, all these prophetic seeds, all these are offerings. God says this place is where you will bring everything that I command you to bring. And today God is commanding us to bring an offering so that we may build his house. Oh, I wish I got an amen. I say, God is commanding us to bring an offering so that we may build his house. Hmm. Keep going. Verse 12. Are we reading? And, 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 and you shall. Oh, tell your neighbor, remove your gloomy face. God wants you to bring an offering with joy. I am so happy that today we are bringing an offering to build the house of God. It is the day I've been waiting for it is a day i've been praying for and i'm not gloomy i'm not sad i don't feel like god is robbing me i know that this is the right thing to do this is the good thing to do and i'm so glad that god has given us an opportunity to be able to build him his house and so i will rejoice am i the only one rejoicing in the house of god for such a beautiful wonderful day is your neighbor rejoicing are you rejoicing Can I hear a voice of rejoicing in this house? Because this is the day. This is the day. This is the moment. This is the hour. This is the season. God says you shall rejoice before me, before the Lord your God. You, my goodness, and your sons, and your daughters. Parents, did you tell your children to get ready for this day? Are they excited about this day? I'm telling you, my children are so excited about this day. My daughter was so excited about this day. I don't even think they slept. They were so happy about this day because they want to be, they want to be part of building God's house. Are your children excited? Are your sons excited? Are your daughters excited? Young people, are you in the house? Are you excited? Legends, are you in the house? Are you excited? Your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants and the Levite who is within your gates. Your Levite is your Parsi. I am very excited. (laughs) since he has no portion or inheritance with you, verse 13 mm, take heed to yourself that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place you see because there is a particular place that God has ordained for you, so be careful that's why I told you, you should be careful where your money goes do you understand what I'm saying? Tell me, but from today, I'm protecting my monies. My monies will not just go anywhere. My monies will not just do anything. Yes, be careful that you don't offer your offerings anywhere else. Because there's a place that God has ordained for you. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage all of you. I want to motivate all of you to get excited about this a venture because this is a good thing because god cares about where we give and i want you to know that the city of transformation church is good soil it is good ground as you release your seed on this place this is an altar that god has established over this place out of this place people have been healed people have been saved people have fallen in love there are people who have fallen in love in this ministry i'm sure if they never came to this ministry they'll be single like a biscuit. Isn't it true? I mean, people have been healed in this ministry. People have gotten breakthroughs in this ministry. I want you to know this is a good ground. I wish I had a witness. This is a good ground. I say this is a good ground. This is the place that God has chosen for you. As you sow your seeds, I prophesy, may God bless you. May God bless your sons. May God bless your daughters. May God bless your business. I wish you can receive this prophecy. I prophesy every seed that will fall on this altar, may it germinate. May it bring forth harvest over your life in the name of Jesus. Shout yes in this house. I want you to give five people high five and tell them neighbor this is my place of sacrifice. This is my place of miracles. This is my place of breakthroughs. This is my place of sowing my seeds. And with every seed that you will sow I prophesy increase, I prophesy progress, I prophesy healing, I prophesy promotions, I prophesy victory. May God bless you. May God come through for you. May God fulfill the desires of your heart. Whatever you desire, with the seed that you have sown, may it come to pass in the name of Jesus. can we rejoice in the house 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 house? i want you to lift up your hands if there's anything in your heart Might be bitterness, might be anger. Something. I want you to clear it with God right now. In the name of Jesus. Ask God to wash you. Ask God to cleanse you. As we get ready to enter into a moment of giving. Ask God to purify you. Ask God to wash you. Yes, Lord. Purify us, Lord. Cleanse us, Jesus. Make us clean, Lord. Yes, Lord. Move in every crevice of our hearts. Page us today. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, talk to God. Talk to God. Before we give, talk to God. Tell God, wash me, cleanse me, purify me. I want to offer a sacrifice that will be acceptable. I wanna offer a sacrifice. I wanna sow a seed that will be acceptable in Your sight, O oh God. Cleanse me, Jesus. Purify me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Creating me a cleaner, oh God, and renew our rights with within me Create in me A creator Oh God And renew a right spirit Within me Cast me not away Presence, oh God, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Let's tell you Cast me not away Down, let's tell him one more time. Cast me not, cast me not away from your presence, oh God. Take the Holy Spirit from me, take it on from me, restore, restore. More time, from your heart, tell him, cast me not away, cast me not away from your presence, yeah, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, yeah, restore Lord. Renew a right right spirit within us. Cast me, cast us not away from your presence. Clean our hearts today. Everybody put your hand on on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, purify my heart. Cleanse me as I prepare to offer you my sacrifice. Purge me The way you part the sons of Levi. May I be holy. May I be righteous. Forgive me where I've gone wrong. Forgive me for the things I've said. For the things I've done. That have grieved your heart. Wash me by the precious blood of Jesus. Let my sacrifice be acceptable in your sight, Let my seeds be acceptable. Let my offering be acceptable in your sight, Lord. Father, every offering that we shall bring to you today, may you receive it, may you accept it, and may you release a blessing upon our lives. Thank you for forgiving us for washing us, for cleansing us, for purifying us. Thank you for positioning us to offer an acceptable sacrifice before you, Lord. I thank you, Father, and I bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 be seated tell your neighbor now i feel like i can i can i can give glory to god thank you for listening to this podcast you can now get in touch with dr Dazu Tecero on facebook instagram and twitter